0: You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J&J. Hello everybody, we're back and hey, you're back. You're like, what do you mean? I turned your podcast on. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying you're back for another day. Mm-hmm. Have you f- fed on his faithfulness at all? So I went over this with my students. I just saw this today and it was Really inspirational. And I got to give credit to my mom, honor to my mom where it's due. We would be driving in the car, and sometimes she would do this with me, and I thought, I don't really enjoy doing this, Mom. But now I've been chewing on it, feeding on his faithfulness, and it's been helping me. But I... Brought this up. Have you ever had situations you're a worship leader, so you're probably a little better at it than us. But when somebody's leading worship or they're at a lull in a part of the service, they say, Mm -hmm. Come on, everybody, just give glory to God. Come on, just say something. Um, And then have you ever felt really limited? Obviously, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you can glorify God in praying in tongues, you're not limited, but in English. You say like Hallelujah, praise God. God, you're good. What's what's another one? Right. So my mom taught me this. She said, You know the alphabet. Give an adjective for God from A to Z. Ooh. So we can go down the card, and she'd be like, all right, we're on B, guys. What are we going to say? God's bold, Mom. God's bold. But then the challenge is to try to associate a scripture with it. But as you get good at this, man, you can just go. God is always there. He's an ever-present help in time of need. Mm-hmm. B, he's benevolent. He's loving. He's he, God is love. God's beautiful. He's, C, he's compassionate. Yeah. D, he's our deliverer. Ooh. E, he's everlasting. F, he's faithful. G, he's gracious.
1: Yeah. And you'll get
0: really good at giving God glory. And you go, why is that a big deal? Well, I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because we learned about faith last week, and it's connected. Abraham did not grow weak, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory
1: to God. You want to know something I'm actually embarrassed about? But I'll go ahead and just reveal it anyways. It's when I go through the alphabet. Like, when you're like, hey, he's this, B, he's that. See, like, I get too far along. I forget what the next letter is. And I, I got to go back. I got to start from the beginning. I'm like A B C D F G. G, 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 G. Okay, run. I, I do too. Run I now. I do too. Oh. You
0: don't have to feel bad about that. Okay. I just wasn't that deep, and I've been practicing. I've been practicing my alphabet, man. <laughs> it's good. I can almost do all the way to Z. No, I can. But,
1: you know what's hard? Oh, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Uh, but why I was really excited was a student just posted something, and he went from A to Z. And I looked up X. He had X R I S T O S. It's like ex Christus, which I think is a Greek form of putting Christ. I thought, hey, he put forth some effort to figure that out. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, another thing that this is good for, sometimes you may be overcome with anxiety and, and insomnia, not ansomnia, <laughs> insomnia insomnia. <laughs> but you're in there and you're encouraged to count sheep. Let me give yeah. you another thing that's beneficial instead of counting sheep. Do the A to Z giving glory to God. Yes. You want to know why? Because we have a promise in Isaiah 26, 3. But you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts on you. You are literally thinking on God, on
1: Christ, and giving him glory. It's a great way to fall asleep. You're told to blink your eyes really fast. You ever heard that? If you're trying to go to sleep, you blink blink like a hundred times in a row. You, whoa you're falling asleep <laughs> i was trying to have a in my mouth that's problematic
0: all right he's gonna spit out the and then he's gonna spit out this podcast because he's taking this one over yeah no i was excited. gonna say
1: something else i'm probably not gonna ask the lord to bring it to my remembrance because it was really unfruitful but i thought it was funny what were you just talking about before insomnia
0: we were talking about insomnia and how you can do the A to Z oh, method yeah. to fall asleep.
1: No, Yo, you could do this too. Well, it's, uh, think about God if you're going to go to sleep. But if you want a brain challenge, you start the alphabet song. Start the song, but start it on B. But you got to keep the rhythm and the melody. It's like B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V Y. X, Z, and then it's feel like it.
0: you're doing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yeah. Well, that's, is it the same? It's the same. Oh, wow.
1: Twinkle, Twinkle is the same as the alphabet song. Wild. Twinkle, A, B, C, D, Little e, F, Star. G, right.
0: H, I, J, K, L, M, yep. N, O, P.
1: See, that, I, God didn't bring it back to my remembrance, but <laughs> I remembered it all on my own. <laughs> awesome. Give okay. God glory. Glory. I'm going to practice that, though. Uh, one letter of the alphabet, you attribute that to him and give him, and give him glory for it. It's gonna be good. Next time I'm leading worship, y'all. <laughs> let's do IBC. We're a gonna fight. take the next ten minutes. Okay, <laughs> write it down. Okay, um, this is what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, oh, I think it was last year. Was it last year or maybe the year before? Pastor Mark had a series called "The Undeniable Church." It was a great series, a long series, just talking about the power of the church and how it should be undeniable in our own lives and undeniable uh, to the world and those around us. You know, undeniable means uh, undisputable, means plainly true, not able to be contested. And I think about something that strong strong of a definition, I really think about God and his omniscience and, and just how amazing he is, but also the word of God, right? We believe that it's infallible. We believe that it's true. We believe that it's been inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit, and everything in that book is true. It is undisputable. It is plainly true. So we would say that the Word of God is undeniable. And during this series, Pastor Mark was out of town one of the weeks, and he asked me to talk about the undeniable Word of God. And I was always, I mean, I'm always thankful when I get to preach. Um, uh, So I, I tackled this subject, and there was a lot of really interesting historical things about the Bible um that just jump out to you and it makes you just you know i know that faith uh in god isn't necessarily based on historical evidence and scientific fact but when that stuff is available it adds to and it helps and so there's a lot of really cool things about the word of god um historically speaking and how it has survived the test of time that we're just going to break down today you know our guest last week was don Rebel, and he talked about faith hunting this that faith is the core foundation of that dude's life man and faith comes by hearing what and hearing by the word yeah, of yeah hearing by or hearing the word of god and so this helped my faith hopefully it encourages your faith because there's some really cool stuff about the word of god historically that's awesome that we're just going to break down today um hopefully in a decent and manageable amount of time. Uh Hebrews 4:12 says this for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart you know when i was a kid i was really into like samurai and stuff like that and i'd read this verse and i'm like sharper than any two-edged sword i'm like what about the katana that's like the sharpest sword known to man and it's only one edge i remember asking my dad that and he was like son that is not important he goes it's sharper than a katana i was like okay i'm just making sure 'Cause I love katanas. Oh boy. <laughs> and I had a few in my room. I actually had katanas. real katanas? Yeah. I bought them with my own money off of eBay. So they actually weren't like legit katanas because I remember they were probably still sharp. I though. took one, yeah, I took one to a tree and uh, the biggest one, like right when I got it, took it to a tree in the backyard, broke it instantly, and I was mad. <laughs> oh, no. So I like glued it back together and I put them up above my bed and then I put them on a shelf that I put in my room. And I that shelf was like not anchored to anything. And I put them on top of that. And in my sleep, so and I this is funny. I stored the katanas on the shelf outside of their scabbards.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Cause I was an idiot. Exposed exposed. Exposed. Katana
0: exposed.
1: (laughs) And in the middle of the night, that shelf collapsed on collapsed on top of me. And I remember just having all these swords. I'm like, oh gosh. That could oh, be no. bad. Yeah, I didn't get cut. Anyways, the word of God is sharper than any sword.
0: Okay? Even a katana.
1: Even a katana, all right? Um, anyways, okay, so Hebrews 4.12 talks about the amazing power of the word of God. So it can really only be this way in our lives if we let it, right? We can choose to just simply read it like any other book, or we can grant access to the word of God, grant it access to our hearts. Let the seed of God's word be planted and that's when it starts to produce fruit so the word you know the word on the page really has no power until you let it enter your heart the word of God if granted access that's when it becomes undeniable to yeah. you right we're going to talk about how it's become undeniable and really un, uh, relinquishable. that's a fun word in society but More importantly, it needs to become undeniable in your heart. And the first step of that is granting it access. It's
0: some of that Epignosco, right? You start moving into Epignosco, which we talked about in a previous podcast.
1: Yes, we did. So, um, its power is undeniable and actually the the physical written word of God that many of you um, have on your nightstand, right? Or or have it on your phone. Um, It's been undeniable for almost 3,000 years, okay? So it's really, it's survived and endured for generations so that everyone who reads it can begin to to write it on the tablet of their heart right you know the old covenant was written on tablets of stone it was written on scrolls but the new covenant that jesus established is written upon our hearts yes sir right i'm thinking about i'm reminded of a certain movie which won't be named but there is a quote in this movie and he says what you're trying to kill is an idea and ideas are bulletproof Basically, he was saying, like, you can get, if I write it on a paper, you can burn that paper, but it's ingrained in my brain, it's ingrained in my heart, therefore it can never go away.
0: You know what I just thought of? Because you're talking about the heart, Yeah. being written on our heart, is we have such big warnings about the heart that guard your heart, because right. out of it springs such things, but God put his word in our heart so it could spring out in our life in every yeah. situation and be undeniable in our life. Absolutely. You can't get rid of it once it's in you the heart. You can't, That's right. why you got to guard what gets in there.
1: Absolutely. But God's going to
0: write it right on there.
1: Yes, sir. Right, so he, uh, it's been preserved and undeniable for 3,000 years, about 3,000 years, so that we could write it on the tablets of our hearts. So we're going to dive into this. So the Bible and how it came to be really is a miracle in and of itself. So the Bible isn't just one book written at one time by one or a few authors like most books, right? It's a compilation of 66 books split into two main sections. We've got the Old Testament, that's 39 books, and then we've got the New Testament, which is 27 books right 39 and 27 39 27 making up 66 so the 66 books of the bible were written by some 40 different writers and they all lived in 10 different countries spread out over three continents and they spoke different languages and came from different backgrounds each author were writing under the divine inspiration from the holy spirit right that's amazing second timothy three sixteen. all scripture is given by inspiration of god so who's this is who the writers really included that we had prophets we had poets we had kings doctors herdsmen tax collectors we had theologians scribes fishermen tent makers just a myriad a smorgasbord a plethora Love those.
0: We love the word plethora yeah. on the Sewing and Growing podcast. <laughs>
1: of different writers. And all of the authors have one single unified theme. And that's this. God's love for humanity and the plan of redemption through Jesus. And you can literally find Jesus in every book. And I'm not going to take the time to explain that. But just do a quick Google search. And and every single book, from Genesis to Revelation, the theme is Jesus. You can see Jesus in every single book. Um, Luke twenty four twenty seven and this is the passion translation says this and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scriptures he's talking about Jesus so from the very beginning Jesus is revealing himself through every single book so sorry if you need to say well, something then go going. for it otherwise I'm going to keep going so the authors wrote they wrote um in they wrote in their homes they wrote in prisons they wrote in ships caves they wrote in palaces and on hillsides so the diversity of each writer was so great yet their story is all the same and their writing spread over a period of 1600 years so that there could be no collusion right or communication right they this hey, Jonathan, person write this because yeah I'm hey, writing i'm this. writing this and i think it would really be good if you kind of wrote the same thing and, it, and maybe expounded upon it's it it's gonna and, make it more yeah it's gonna make it more believable it's give it validity right It it was written over 1,600 years. People who wrote things in the New Testament that were confirmed by people in the Old Testament didn't live at the same time. Some of them didn't even have access to what was written back then, yet God inspired them to write something that was confirming something in the Old Testament. It was amazing. So it was written over 1,600 years. There could be no collusion or no communication. So think of it like this. 40 different writers... Spread over fifty-five generations, producing sixty-six books. And yet when these books are placed together, there's perfect unity and harmony about them, and they all fit together. Kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. Seriously. It's amazing. It's supernatural. So roughly um twenty-five to thirty percent of the Bible is prophecy, right? And prophecy is this it's history written in advance. Okay, that's a very basic definition like that. of prophecy. Say that again. Prophecy is history written in advance. Wow. And literally hundreds of Old Testament prophecies have already been fulfilled. And over 300 prophecies were made about Jesus in the Old Testament, with the last book being written in the Old Testament 400 years before he was even born. Yet he fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. It's amazing. If you want even more detail on that, John Bevere has a really great breakdown of the prophecies and the likelihood of them being fulfilled i can't even remember it's like dropping a quarter on the face of the sun and it's hitting wild. a mark it's amazing um so the bible is a miracle the bible uh just how it came to be is a miracle in and of itself and the bible is undeniable i think we're calling this podcast undeniable or undeniable word or, or I like it yeah you already
0: know it whenever we talk about what it's going to be named they're like You obviously came a decision because I saw the title. Right, but as I'm
1: recording this, I have not put the title in. Wow, but I'm thinking. Thank you. Wow, that's a miracle. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. So let's look at um, the persecution of the Bible. This is where it gets really interesting. So the Bible has been persecuted since it came to be. Right? 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25 says this For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scripture says, people are like grass, their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, excuse me, but the word of the Lord remains forever. The word of God remains forever. So, in the 6th century B.C., okay, before Christ, Israel's king, Jehoiakim, burned sacred scrolls that were written by Jeremiah, okay? He burned, you can look at, I'm not going to, this would be a two-hour long podcast if I went into all of You can't do it all. You can't, you just can't. It's-
0: it's not feasible on a thirty-minute podcast. No, it's not. Or forty-five and minute. Yeah, We've only got That's... like
1: thirteen minutes left, technically. So you can read about it. It's it's documented if you want to if you want to research that. But King Jehoiakim burned sacred scrolls that were written by Jeremiah. Yet the word of God endured. It remained in one sixty four B C. After the death of Alexander the Great, the Greek ruler. So I know Alexander the Great obviously lived after Christ, but. The Greek ruler Antiochus, pro, uh, a popularly, popularly known as the Madman, right? He began a bloody persecution. Um. Oh, sorry. One sixty four A.D. Sorry, I wrote the wrong. My bad. My bad. Hey,
0: no. the fact that you owned it is humble. A.D. Man. God exalts the humble.
1: And A.D. does not stand for ano or does not stand for after death. Anno for, Domini. Yeah, which is what? The year of what? our Lord. The year of our Lord. So let me read that again. Okay, in my notes, I write it down wrong. In 164 AD, after the death of Alexander the Great, the Greek ruler Antiochus, who was known as the madman, he, he did this. He began a bloody persecution against Israel. He slayed thousands of Jews. He invaded the temple in Jerusalem, and then he built an altar of Zeus on top and commanded that all books of the law, every piece of scripture to be burned. And if anyone was even caught with scripture, they were executed. Yet. The word of God remained. It endured. Amen. Amen. In 303 A.D., Roman Emperor Diocletian started what is now known as the great persecution. And this is the time of persecution against the church that we haven't seen anything like it. No. Before or after, this is the greatest persecution that ever came against the church or the Bible. Known as the great persecution, it lasted for a decade. This was the worst persecution of the church. Diocletian and his successors, Maximilian, uh, Galerius, and Constantinus, they hunted Christians like animals. They burned down all the churches. They burned every copy of scripture that they could find. And when Diocletian left... The imperial office, he, embosted, he he boasted this. He said this: "I have completely exterminated the Christian writings from the face of the earth." That's what he wrote. He wrote it in ignorance because the Word of God endured. Amen. In the fifteen hundreds, during the Dark Ages, where all forms of learning and literacy literacy were suppressed, the Catholic Church actually banned Bible ownership. They banned Bible reading. Uh, Really, they were the only ones who could read it. And all copies outside of the church hierarchy were burned, and Christians were denied access to their Bibles for a thousand years. That's crazy. Crazy. All forms of learning, right? It was like the... That's
0: why it's called the Dark Ages. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Dark Ages. Um, Yet the word of God remained. It endured. It endured even that. In the 1700s, French philosopher Voltaire, He hated the church. He attacked Christians, and he predicted this. He said within 100 years after his death, Christianity and the Bible would be swept from existence and memory to be forgotten forever. That's what he predicted. That didn't age well. No, it did not, because the word of God endured. And in fact, this is funny, 50 years after Voltaire died, the Geneva Bible Society, they used his own printing press to print Bibles, and then they stacked them in his old house. God has a sense of humor, folks. Come on. And even today, there are multiple countries where Christianity and the Bible are banned. And and today, 2023, there are countries where owning a Bible will have you thrown in prison and even put to death.
0: Yet the word
1: of God remains. Come on. So the word of God is undeniable. So don't you just appreciate it a little bit more after hearing some of these facts? Absolutely. So um, it's precious. It's powerful. It's been preserved throughout time so that you and I could read it and let its undeniable power change our lives. Yeah. So um, we've kind of just taken this small little journey throughout time. Then we can clearly see that uh, that the tangible word of God is undeniable. Um, But despite all these facts, you may still have the door, right, to the private study in your heart. Half open. We need full right? access, God. Come on, full access. Maybe it's merely cracked, or some some of you may list, may be listening, and it's 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 locked, right? Not saying that Pat you're not locked. a Christian, right? But there are certain areas in your life that you have denied access to the power of God and the power of the Word of God, right? You might still have questions. You might still have doubts. You might still have opinions about God and His Word, even you know despite everything that I just said. And I just need to tell you that's okay. Right, it's not okay to remain in that, but it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have questions. Um, I'll re I'll rephrase it like this: It's okay to have those thoughts, but it's not okay to let them dominate your thought life well and, and halt your faith. Yeah. Right. So one of my frequent prayers in life, which I'm not ashamed to say this, um, you see it even in scripture, is God help my unbelief. Right. Absolutely. It was the man with the daughter. He said, God, I I I believe. But help my unbelief, yeah. right? Like I'm getting there. There's there's things that I am securing, but in this one thing, I, I still have a little bit of doubt. Doubt, please help me, right? God, help my unbelief. So that's based out of out of Mark nine. I'll I'll, I'll give you some some. Uh, uh, background here so when the disciples when they couldn't cast the demon out of them it was actually the man's son right then jesus shows up he actually scolds his disciples and the scribes and he tells the man if you can believe that all things are possible to those who believe and the man says lord i believe but help my unbelief in other words he's saying lord i believe i have faith but if we're being honest here i have a little bit of questions because over the last hour i've just watched your disciples do everything that they could right and it was a little bit, it was traumatic because the son was possessed. They were yelling at him. They, I mean, you, I don't know how it was, but, you know, if you think about what an exorcism is, it it's probably not calm right so he's like i have a little bit of doubt just
0: an exorcism a failing right a failing
1: exorcism right over the last hour it was a little traumatic with the yelling the shouting and the debating right multiple failed exorcisms um my faith is shaken a little bit right if we're being honest here um so lord i need your help that's what he's saying if 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 this was the jonathan translation that's how i probably would write it and so jesus was actually anointed his disciples for their lack of faith but he was compassionate towards the man and him uh, and his seeming lack of faith, right? So the disciples had lack of faith and so did the man, but he was annoyed at the disciples yet had compassion on the man. So I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where God tells Paul, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness." And so Paul what Paul was doing was he was acknowledging his inadequacy and so was the boy's father. This acknowledgement of our own inadequacies is what really enables the grace of God to work in our lives.
0: Yeah, and Paul didn't just acknowledge it. He said, I glory, <laughs> yeah, I, I glory, boast, I in, my boast in
1: my weakness. Talk right? about
0: a vulnerability or a
1: genuineness to be like, man. Yeah.
0: The same man who said, I am what I am by the grace of God.
1: So in some instances, you might be listening. This might be the key. There's that area in your life that you can't get past but you are not willing to acknowledge the inadequ- inadequacy. Yeah. You're not willing to acknowledge the lack of faith. Say, like, God, I believe. No, I'm strong, man. I'm a Christian, right? I'm, I'm leading a small group. I got I, I, I to be 100%. You got to acknowledge those areas first. You got to
0: rely upon him. Come on. Funny little tidbit to give you a little bit of a breather, and I think yeah. it's really interesting. Bach, John Sebastian Bach amazing composer, came about right around the Reformation when there was a rebirth of the Word of God. Yeah, The whole thing that it was founded upon was sola scriptura, which means only the Word. That's the only Only authority that we have on this earth. He would finish each of his compositions with with SDG, which it's in Latin, I believe, but means so de gloria, which means only for his glory. And at the top of all his compositions, it would have JJ, which was like, Jud Je Jesus which means help me Jesus. That's how wow. he would he would pray before he did all of those famous works. End capped and started with prayer and acknowledgment of his
1: glory. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why they hit our soul because there's soul in them. Ooh.
1: Come on. That's soulful. <laughs> all right. So Paul was acknowledging his inadequacy so inadequacy and so was the boy's father. So this acknowledgment, I'm reading this again, of our own inadequacies Wow, I'm I'm getting tongue-tied this morning, is what enables the grace of God to work in our lives. So it's okay um, to have those questions, but what we do with them is really the key. So when I don't understand something, I can be like the scribes and the disciples. I can tend to debate and argue and analyze, overthink, which doesn't grow your faith at all. You think after... 31 years on this earth, I would understand that, yet I still try and overanalyze and overthink. It's a daily
0: battle you got to put on the altar.
1: It is. an inadequacy, which opens the door for God's grace, so thank you so much. Yeah,
0: exactly. I read this last night from somebody that sometimes we think that our sin uh, disqualifies us from grace, but in actuality, our sin is the only thing that qualifies us for For His His grace.
1: grace. That's good. So, I tend to analyze and overthink things, and it, uh, and that doesn't grow our faith at all. And if it did, if that actually did, we that, would be faith giants. Right. And that boy would have been healed. Right. Come Cause on. the disciples were just debating and the, and the Pharisees and the scribes got involved too. It was just one big argument, right? If you ever want to see a big argument, you know, C-SPAN actually,
0: <laughs> that whole statement yeah, yeah. If you want to see a big you argument, you want to see a big argument, C-SPAN. just tune into
1: C-SPAN when they're, when they're, when they're recording what's happening in the, in the Capitol or BBC in parliament. Wild that's stuff. wild. Hi! Yeah, like some guy will be down there and then like everyone's shouting him down. No, 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 It's nuts and that's how parliament operates over there. Um, so if you want to see a good argument, tune into C-SPAN and BBC. Okay. <laughs> so if arguing would have grown and if arguing would grow our faith, we would be faith giants by now. So I can do that. I can overthink. I can analyze or I can do this. I can say, God, this doesn't make sense to me. But I don't have to figure it out, right? I thank you that your grace is enough. And when I'm weak, you are strong. And then move on, right? There are certain things that I don't understand that if I try and figure those things out, my faith gets halted at that moment. And I will cease to grow. Because there are some things, uh, I can't remember what scripture it is. It's in the Gospels. And John says, not John, but Jesus says, um, like, right now you don't know, but later you'll understand. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That's true for a lot of things in life. And we can't, we don't want to wrestle with that, being okay with not understanding and not knowing. Secret
0: things belong to the Lord.
1: Yeah. So we need to say that. It says, Your grace is enough. When I'm weak, you're strong, and then move on, right? You know that I've, what I found is that whenever I do that, I either get the answer for what I'm looking for in God's timing or I stop caring about it and it becomes a non issue, right? And that's a beautiful thing. to live in that assurance and peace and and being okay with not understanding. And it's not like every time that gets brought up, I'm just like, man, like I don't get that, but God, like there becomes a time where at least in my life, certain things, I'll just even say this, I'll be vulnerable about this. I I, kind of talk about it a lot, but just how my dad passed away and all the things that happened with that and the what ifs and the why questions, um, When that gets brought up now, I'm okay. I literally am okay with not knowing and not understanding that. And it took me a few years to get to that. It's a process. To get to that point. Yeah, it did. But I can honestly say that, like, do I miss my dad? Do I still, if I allow myself, I can start developing new questions and get a little upset. But now when that subject gets brought up, I'm okay. I'm totally okay.
0: I'm thinking of something on the converse that's beneficial and good. That we tell people with prophecies that may not make sense at the moment. Yeah. Somebody comes and says something to you. They believe as an utterance from the Lord, maybe a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. And we tell them, put that on the shelf. Put yeah. that On the shelf. I'll give you an shelf. example of one that I actually need to get off the shelf. But I went forward one day with a minister and his wife, and they were just praying for people. I go forward for dealing with some sickness, and they go, "What's what's happening to you?" And I said, "I have some seasonal allergies," which is embarrassing to go forward. But sometimes God works on me like. Stop dealing with these natural things that you can take a pill for and trust me for it. Use your faith. Just as Don was saying, don't just have faith in a clariton. Have faith in Christ and what he paid for. Come forward. So I came forward and she looked at me and said, you're healed. Go put flowers on your desk at work. So this was like six or seven years ago. I didn't even have a desk at work. I'm like, you missed it. But what did I do? I put it on the shelf. Guess what? Right now, I have a desk at work. Maybe it's the culmination mm. of that prophecy, and I need to pull it off the shelf. So many of the questions we have in our mind,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, we go with those weird prophecies, like, oh, I'll just put that one on the shelf. When those questions that are troubling, we don't understand it, treat it like a prophecy. If you don't yeah. understand that scripture, understand that situation of what happened, that circumstance, right. put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf. When it comes back, you can pull it out, but God will reveal that to you.
1: Amen. That's a good word. That's a that's wisdom in, of the day in and of itself, right there. It's too early to tell. Too early to tell. So when I had those questions to, about my dad passing away, like I had times in my room where I was like shouting, yelling. Um, and you know what God said? Like he didn't answer a single question. God told me one thing. And I, wrote, and I wrote a song about it. He said, don't trouble your heart to put your mind to these. Great song too. Thank you, sir. And what that means is that your spirit is the real you. Your spirit is always fully at rest, content, and satisfied. It's connected with God's spirit. And you will actually trouble your spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit when you try and figure something out intellectually that you're not supposed to. So he said, don't trouble your heart just to put your mind at ease. Because we will always be chasing that feeling of peace and rest mentally, because that's something that we ha- we have to take thoughts captive that like that's part of your body that's part of your soul that isn't renewed yet so you're always going to be battling that so you get a, a a temporary moment of peace in your mind you're like finally I got that answer and then something else and then it's something else and you're always chasing that high the high being peace our brains are subject to
0: obsessions compulsions and neuroticism yeah which means that it actually gets hits of chemicals for mm. questioning <laughs> and engaging with things. Yep. So the moment you solve that question, your brain's going to look for another question so it can get more chemical relief. Your spirit is not yeah. subjected to obsession, compulsion, or not neuroticism. It's not. And it doesn't have issues. Mm-mm. The issues of life can find their answer spiritually. Right.
1: And well, what David said this, "'Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits.'" Your soul tends to forget that. Your mind, your will, and emotions forgets the benefits, forgets the joy, right? You got to remind your soul of that, and you bring it into submission. So that was what God told me. He didn't answer a single question. He just said, don't trouble your heart to put your mind at ease. And that's something I live by now. That's awesome. Um, So let's go back. Let's go back to that story for just a second. And can we all agree that the man's faith was increased after his encounter with Jesus? Absolutely. Right. Yes. But we need to realize that his faith was not increased by Jesus sitting him down and answering all of his questions. Right. He didn't say, okay, no, this is why this happened. This is why your boy was foaming at the mouth and why the disciples couldn't do it. Because, you know, he, I give him an accent. Jesus didn't have a, was a, it from Jersey? He, did, he didn't have a Boston wasn't or a Jersey for the accent. Nets? Right. He, his faith wasn't increased by all of his questions being answers. Answered. He didn't go through a list of reasons why the disciples couldn't get it done. He brought him back to the simple truth of believing. Of believing. And that's what faith is. We don't believe because we have all the answers, we believe despite not having all the answers. And genuine relationships are built on the foundation of trust. So Jesus brought him back to the simple truth of believing. If you could just believe. And that's a harsh reality, way easier said than done, something I'm still working on, but I'm encouraging you, man, if you got those doubts. So I'll, going back to the song I wrote, it says, this is the chorus, and this is what Jesus, actually, Jesus gave me this whole song, um, and maybe it'll encourage you. So I wrote that when, after my dad died, I had all the questions And I'll just go through the verse. It says, There are so many voices trying to sway my thoughts, questions without answers. My hope seems lost. I know your word is true, and I won't believe a lie, but my faith seems weak, O Lord. So help my heart decide.
0: Thank you for going through that process, difficult as it was, and coming out the way you did, because you're still helping people now. You could have shipwrecked yourself. And in the process, people who were watching you shipwrecked them as well, but you came through to the other side Thanks. and found and decided what you were going to follow and who you're going to follow. So thank you for that, brother. Yeah.
1: And then he says what he said to me, and he goes, I hear you say, run, just run to me in the midst of your unbelief. Don't trouble your heart just to put your mind at ease, because I am, or because I was and I am, and I'll always be what you need. Just lean into me. Um, and that's really sustained me through a lot. I know there's people who've gone through a lot worse things. Um, but in that moment, man, that, that really helped me. And even today when I'm dealing with other things, that song always gets brought back up to me, um, by my spirit. Um, and it sustains me. So running to Jesus in the midst of your unbelief.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's really good. Yeah. And there's
1: another verse that I'm writing actually now, um, that I need to I need to work through it, but there's a part of it that will say, "Keep uh, of revisiting things that that you failed in, and and the enemy brings those back. So rehearsing or replaying battles you've lost that would be one of the lyrics. But that's a trap of the enemy to to remind Absolutely. you of the failures, and you keep replaying those in your mind, replaying the battles that you've lost. Totally, and it's a hindrance to faith. Anyways. That was my podcast on the Word of God being undeniable. Letting it be undeniable in your own heart, and not letting doubts halt your faith.
0: Yeah, I uh, remember the original series that this was came from, uh, Undeniable Church, and Pastor Mark heard from God that God's people, the church, was made to be undeniable, not defiant. Yes. So often we try to defy things in culture. Instead of just living out the word. Right. So, for example, even our approach to the word, sometimes you talked about arguing and they were arguing about Mm -hmm. casting the demon out. We use the word of God a lot to argue about. Right. Uh, One of the things that I don't know if it's a benefit from the Reformation is all the arguments that come from different denominations that came from the Reformation. It's so dishonoring to the word of God to argue about it, to defy using the word of God. You obviously defy sin in your life in a sinful culture, but that just comes from living out the word of God. And I was reminded by a guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah. He was in World War II in Germany, was a Lutheran minister and ended up being martyred. Mm-hmm. And I do use that word martyred by the Nazis because he was standing up against what they were doing secretively, eventually got caught, was in prison, and they ended up killing him. But he had a quote. I had it on my Instagram all the way back in 2013, and I defined it. But he said this, Do not try to make the Bible relevant. Mm. Its relevance is axiomatic. Do not defend God's word, but testify to it. Trust to the word. Mm. And that's it. If we live a life in accordance to the word, Isaiah 55 said that, God's word is compared to rain, compared to snow. It comes down and brings about a produce. It says that God's word performs that for which it is sent. So if we just release the word of God, doesn't mean people won't uh, disagree with it. You know, just because something's undeniable, they can't deny it, but they can disagree with it. People come against you, but it'll be not because it's evident in our life.
1: Right, that's the word axiom literally means a self-evident truth, and I'm even thinking about um, a quote that says the truth is like a lion; it doesn't need your help. All you got to do is open the cage, yeah. or it's yes. something like that. But like the word of God is self-evident truth; it doesn't really need your help. Why? Like you don't need to debate it and prove it's it's a self-evident truth. People are either going to accept it or not. And I, I just saw a Facebook post. It was kind of harsh, but the person was like, "What? Whatever you believe." whatever like your your thoughts are on the bible it's like you're still wrong and it's still true like yeah. ouch that's harsh but that's the truth it's axiomatic
0: exactly and to be captivated by it in its raw form and moved mm-hmm. by it i want to read one more quote from martin luther who really had a revelation came out of the dark ages yeah. he was studying as a monk found out that the Bible talked about grace and faith and how it justifies Mm. us. The Catholic Church was dealing with things that were extracurricular to the faith (laughs) that didn't involve true salvation as the Bible lined it out. Martin Luther didn't want to destroy the Catholic Church. He wanted to reformate, have a reformation. In the Catholic Church, he had the 95 Thesis, nailed it to the door. Nailed it. Eventually, he got to a spot where he was... Taken in front of a council of the highest officials, the magisterium of the Catholic Church. And this is what he said. And I thought it was really powerful. Yeah. He said, My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything. For to go against conscience would be neither right nor safe. Mm. But to stand before people who literally could destroy your body, mm. kill you, as they had people in the past. And said, my conscience is captive to the word wow. of God. It's become undeniable in me. Yeah. I can't Amen. go against my conscience. When you live like that, you don't have to argue with people. Mm-hmm. Your life is a living letter of the word because you're living it. Amen. Whew.
1: That's it. That's all. Do you want to do wisdom of the day? We've kind of gone long, but I yeah, love what, what you, you just shared. Go
0: ahead. What's your wisdom of the day?
1: Um kind of what i had just spoken on when i talked about my song and everything that um questions being answered is not necessarily going to grow your faith because you're still going to have more questions because you're trying to chase something that will never ever be completely satisfied until we get to heaven which is that unrenewed soul right not your spirit but your soul so being content and embracing, maybe embracing isn't the isn't the raw isn't the right word, but acknowledging your inadequacy and letting it be an invitation for grace.
0: I like that. I'm gonna say to not argue and not to go into the word of God, the study of it, the preaching of it, the discussion of it, with an argumentative atmosphere. It's dishonoring to the word of God to approach it, to argue it. Approach it with a heart to believe it because it's undeniable. And when that becomes undeniable to us, it'll be undeniable to those around us through our expression of what we've received.
1: Amen. You want me to pray?
0: Pray us out, brother. I want to
1: pray. Father God, we thank you. Drop my phone. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true, it's self-evident, and it contains the power to transform our lives if we let it. So today and every day, Father God, we take an account of the rooms of our heart and what is allowed what you're allowed to have access to, Father God. So if there's anything in there where the door to the private study is locked, we just unlock it and we let the word of God in, Father God, so it can change us from the inside out, Father, that your word would truly be undeniable, an undeniable force in our lives, that it changes us so we can change other people, Father God. Help us, I thank you, uh, that you embrace us even when we have doubts, Father God. Let us learn to run to you even in the midst of our unbelief, Father God, so that you can comfort, satisfy, bring peace to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Uh, This may be kind of funny. I know you already prayed, so I don't (laughs) want to get in a different spot. But I just had this picture about talking about access to rooms of our heart that are closed off, and I was thinking about a military team raiding a house and how they yeah. throw flashbangs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. To, yeah. To, to shock the enemy. There's some right. rooms that we don't even, we're scared to go in. Yeah. And it's like a SWAT team. It's like the Navy <laughs> SEALs. Kick over the door, throw a scripture in there, flashbang the enemy, and then go in there and take your authority and regather Amen. your life in allegiance to the word.
1: Glory. That's good. <laughs> that was wild. All right. All right,
0: everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for seeing the value in this. We really want to build this podcast, sure, in a fun way, in an engaging way, but upon the word of God, it's undeniable. And I hope we undeniably have you next time on the Sewing and Growing podcast with j and